Hey, good day everyone. I hope you're going well. I'm Drew Agnew and cheers for checking out A Drew Story. This episode's story is from my good friend Sean Capri. He's Canadian, a father, podcaster and big old video game nerd just like me. And I was really excited to have Sean on the show. Over the past year, we've become good friends through our shared love of video games and podcasting. And while it's a bit tricky to figure out the time zones between Australia and Canada, you know, we figured it out for this show. So I really appreciate it. It was really fun to sit down with Sean, pick his brain about a couple of things and uh, just catch up because that's what uh, podcasting and video games is all about is the relationships we bond with people and all of that. So I really do appreciate it. But Sean and I, we've become good friends through me finding his content. He did a podcast with Bobby Paul's a Nintendo guru called If We Ran Nintendo and that show was a lot of fun. It was a little bit different to your typical Nintendo podcast. Back in the Wii U era, Nintendo was doing a couple of things, a lot of things, that was a bit iffy. It's like, why are you doing this? So those two would often bring up topics like, hey, if we ran Nintendo, we would do this better. And for the most part, I agreed with a lot of what they said. They probably got no idea about the business sense and all of that, but from a fan's perspective, yes, they, they definitely should have run Nintendo like that. And just them two together, they had just an electric chemistry that was a lot of fun to listen to and their community just rallied around them and absolutely loved what they did. Me included, I found them through my good friend Seamus Mullins. He appeared on the show and put it on Twitter and I'm like, huh, a Nintendo show, huh? Very interesting. And with Bobby called the Nintendo guru, I followed him and it was a lot of fun. Just like with the content they made, uh, Bobby also had his YouTube channel, which he uploaded news and all this stuff related to Nintendo and streams. And Bobby and I became good friends. I reached out to him to come on my Nintendo podcast, The House of Mario. And he was one of the most warm people I've ever reached out onto the internet. He said, yeah, man, I'd love to. And he come on. It was so much fun to talk to. And it was just a, a really highlight of how you treat others online. And that's definitely a lesson I learned. And Sean, I loved just like him on the show. He was always the one who had to, you know, put a check on Bobby. Because Bobby was the one who was like, you know, had the outlandish ideas. <laughs> and Sean brought him down to earth a bit more. Sean is just like such a likable person. He really is. Just an absolutely fantastic man. And I want nothing but the best for him. And you can see that through his work ethic, the way he treats others online. And I think a lot of Bobby uh, rubbed off on him, on, on him as well. So, yeah. But unfortunately, about a year ago, Bobby Pauls, he passed away. Uh, he he uh, lost, his, uh, lost his battle with COVID in hospital. And the big community that rallied around these two just was absolutely devastated. It was a long lead up to the unfortunate news. We all thought Bobby was going to be fine. He was going to make it. Uh, there was a fundraiser called Gaming with Guru, which a lot of content creators uh, sort of, you know, rallied around him, trying to help with hospital fees and everything that comes with spending that long in a hospital, especially in the States. So I could only imagine what that would look like. Um, so when the news come, it was just, it was just heartbreaking, absolutely heartbreaking. I, like personally for me, I don't want to make this about me, but. I remember getting the news uh, waking up and at the time my bathroom was getting renovated so the house was just full of builders and that and I, I didn't leave I didn't leave my bedroom honestly and it was just I didn't know how to process it because Bobby was a really important sort of aspect of my content creation journey just doing these podcasts and a lot of people feel the same way a lot of people did 
Um, a lot of people came out on Twitter having uh, similar stories, you know, with encouragement and all that. And Bobby really, really did have a big impact on people. He really did. And I'm happy to say that Sean has continued Bobby's legacy through and through, not only reminding us that, well, reminding us of the little moments they had through snippets on his podcast, We The GamerCast, but also just in kindness and helping people and just being just a top person. It was a year ago when they brought back their You, Me and Capri podcast network. They stopped after a while because of just, you know, the big change and obviously a loss of a massive member of their of their network, but also just, just mentally. How can you continue to talk about video games when something else is going on? And I know that feeling just close to my heart when my dog passed away. No, I can't talk about video games. I honestly didn't care. I didn't like it. There's a, there's a lot of other things to think about but in april they did an event called you me and capri day when they announced brand new shows what's coming back what's leaving and all that and they come back in full force they come back with a brand new nintendo podcast called the nintendo drive that was a you know it's kind of a a, a, a cheeky take on their existing podcast the xbox drive and the playstation drive as well they brought a brand new podcast called the rpg cave and uh, brought back We The Gamer cast twice a week at the time. But uh, Sean has since gone back to once a week because that's insane. <laughs> He's got a full-time job, so leave the poor man alone. But I was so happy to see Sean come back and the community rally around him. It was just really, really nice to see. And being almost a year from that point, the, the crew has really, really come into their own. Strength over strength. And we're leading up to April... Uh, at the moment when they're going to do a bit more of a, an event as well as the I guess the one year anniversary of bringing back that bringing back their network and I'm really happy to see where they're going to go personally they run some of my favorite podcasts and I definitely want to you know encourage everyone who hasn't heard of Sean to go and check him out because he is absolutely fantastic you'll absolutely love him and uh, if this uh, episode doesn't highlight that enough well don't know what to tell you. <laughs> but Sean and I, we talk about fatherhood. I've got a lot of questions. I've got a one month old at the moment. And I've got some questions. It's just about like, you know, when do they start sleeping more? When do they start doing this? When can I expect this? And, you know, Sean, Sean answers those questions as well as he can. He's got an all, almost five-year-old and a three-year-old. So he's got a, he's got a nice amount of experience. <laughs> I don't just have to ask Bryce all the time now. Also, a lot of questions about content creation because both as content creators, I've got a, you know, I just like picking people's brains and seeing what they think. And we talk about sort of how we handle review copies and all of that. It's not so much of a problem for me. I don't get early access, but in the past, Sean has. And me taking in podcasts that actually t- uh, get video games early and how they make me feel uh, just, you know, getting behind <laughs> as far as, uh, you know, taking in their content goes. But that's enough of me rambling, guys. Without further ado, let's hear a story from Sean Capri. Anyway, Sean, welcome to a Drew story. Um, oh, thanks, man. Thank you very much for joining me on the podcast here. It's been a long time since I recorded one of these and I've been looking forward to jumping back into it. And what a beautiful excuse to say, hey, Sean, let's have a, let's have a bit of a chat. 
because I'm I'm sitting here, I'm listening to your podcast, I'm listening to the Nintendo Drive, the Xbox Drive, all of the drives, and uh, look, look, I um I can yell as loud as I want, but you can't hear me from here in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> You're in your basement, so yeah, you got nice soundproofing. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, I'm glad I'm, this is why we start podcasts is so that we it have is, excuses yeah. to call up a friend from halfway around the world and go like, yeah, let's just like sit down and chat and catch up. It's it was funny. I was talking to a friend. I was telling him, um, he's like, do you have any big plans this weekend? I'm like, well, I'm going on a podcast tonight that I'm really looking forward to. And I think he's starting. He's kind of coming to understand this person's kind of coming to understand just like who I am and like the, what I what I'm doing with podcasting and everything. And um, I think when as, as a lot of new people in podcasting, he's, he's of the mindset of um, like trying to get big and trying to like get your name out there. He's like, Oh yeah, it's probably good for you to like go out and get the, get your name out there. Right. And I'm like, at first I didn't even understand what he was saying. Like mm-hmm. I, it took me a little while to understand like what he was even getting at. And I'm like, Oh no, like I'm like just like talking to Drew. Like I'm excited <laughs> to just catch up with a friend and like the, the podcast is kind of like a byproduct of it. Like it just, going to be recorded but i would say for the most part it's it's just nice to that i've got standing dates with a bunch of friends and then a bunch of other people have their own shows that i get to go be a part of which means i just need i get to catch up with them every once in a while that's that's the best part it like i don't know everything else is like it doesn't even register for me man yeah because like you, you play like you do like yeah your, your halo saturdays and um mm-hmm. you know you're you have like sort of a time where everyone can get together and catch up. And that always happens about, it's actually not a bad time for me. It's like this time, lunchtime during the day for me. So, but a lot of the time I'm out and about or I'm doing something or I've got a job to do. So I just put up the stream, but like if I actually need to talk to you, I need, I need just to steal you away and just fool myself. Bring you on my podcast. And this, <laughs> as it turns out, this this is a really good time for me. And I've talked to a few people who have come to realize this. And uh, we're calling it Sean Standard Time. Sean Standard so, Time. So, like, yep. yeah, Thursday, <laughs> Thursday, Friday evenings in, in North America, you know, 10, 10 p.m. Eastern. It's like, that, I'm good, man. Like, my kids are in bed. And for the most part, even if they wake up, like, Chelsea takes care of it. Uh, so, <laughs> like, all right, well, I just <laughs> apparently can't do anything anyway. So, I will play games down here or fire up a podcast or watch somebody stream like this is this is pretty open time for me now so it's been good man well that's a that's a good sort of point because i might actually have some questions for you sean because i've i've just had a just had my own child and i don't know it seems pretty daunting at the moment we don't get anything done so sort of a, it leads on a bit of a question what uh jamie penning had is just how do you find the time for podcasting and gaming as well as your family because like mm-hmm. at the moment i'm not going to work so there's just like a, yeah. a massive a massive thing i don't have to do and i still don't know where the time's going to come from so do you have any advice for me because i feel like i might need it well number one enjoy every moment that you have right now in mm-hmm. terms of with the the size of your child they're <laughs> so small their hands are so sweet and they smell so great and the clothes that they're in is so <laughs> cute and tiny and everything is awesome like mm-hmm. that's number one like before before anything else um i will never forget when when lincoln especially was born lincoln's my oldest son when he was born and 
it just like completely rocked my world like in the moment and for months afterwards um if not for years maybe even still to this day but certainly like the the intensity was like was right there at the beginning and kind of around christmas as well lincoln was born in in april and, and christmas obviously six seven months after that like not a great time for me and a huge amount of like panic about kind of what you're talking about um like time wasn't really working out for me. I just never really felt like I was getting enough rest. I was grumpy. I was panicked about the future. Like mm-hmm. all the things kind of just happened and it was awful. Like it was really, it was really hard to, in the face of all that, do exactly what I just told you to do. Like enjoy that you got this wonderful little bundle of joy. And um, I felt like I was still able to do that, but the rest of life was, was pretty hard. And then I had a couple people say like, it gets worse. I'm like, <laughs> no. dude, not what I need to hear right now. Like I'm yeah. kind of, kind of in crisis mode here. I, I don't really need to hear that at all. Uh, but I, at least for me, like nothing is, nothing really ever was, was permanent in, in the goodest, in the best way. And in the, in the goodest way, in the, in the good way. <laughs> and in the, in the worst ways possible, like nothing is permanent in a good way, which means if something is, is terrible now, it will pass. And the, in the worst way, like if something's wonderful right now, it probably is going to go away as well. It's going to like, they're going to get bigger. They're going to get a mind of their own. He's going to start, you know, they start running around and injuring themselves and all these things. So things change. And I would say pretty rapidly, yeah. except for the, the rapid part of it only comes after the fact you don't realize how rapid it is happening until it's done and then you look back and go oh snap like what the heck just happened because i thought every single day and every hour was crawling by because it was so difficult to get through um so yeah like nothing whatever is whatever the situation is today that you found yourself is could be different like in two weeks he's going to be they're going to be different sizes they're going to be different different needs the diapers change Eventually that goes away. So that's, that's number one. And then like number two, I like for me now that my kids are a little bit older, like I'm, um, I am pretty guarded about my schedule. Like I am pretty specific about it. Um, and I'm, I'm quite lucky that that has worked out because, um, like my, my drive shows, the Xbox drive and the, the Nintendo drive, I do at lunchtime at work now. Now that I'm not driving to work, actually, because of everything else that's going on. Um, I And maybe maybe my co-host would feel the same, actually. But like that's the only time I will do that show. I'm not going to do it at night. I'm not going to have two of my nights, uh, two more of my nights kind of taken up with uh, standing podcasts. What I love is that I can do this because it's open. So... Uh, yeah, I do a lot, but like my evenings are actually pretty wide open and that really allows me to recharge whenever I need to and play the games whenever I need to. And we've so that's on the on the content side, on the family and parenting side. It's like it works the exact same way when I'm a parent, when I'm like a family person, when I'm working that's it. Like I'm not, I don't really ever blend and it because there's not really a choice to it. It makes it actually kind of easier. Mm. I'm like from this time to this time I'm at work and that's it. And from these type, like on Saturday, Sundays, I'm not playing games. I'm with my kids. I'm doing all these other things. Then that's that. And so I, but I treat the gaming time, the free time in the, ex- with the exact same intensity. Like it's, this is it. I'm not doing anything else. So it kind of has worked out on that front. Um, and then maybe the third thing is 
for Chelsea and I, like we've, we've really worked on like the sleep schedule for the kids, which when you have a baby is like, that's not a thing. Eventually like an actual schedule becomes a thing. And, and for us, our kids sleep 11, 11 hours a night, 12 hours a night. So we, you get it back. It comes, it comes back. But sometimes we have to remind ourselves, like we're the parents, like we tell these kids when they go to sleep. And <laughs> yeah. in fact, we actually gave them a clock and tell them when they're allowed out of their room too. Like they, they can't get out of the room until eight o'clock in the morning. Like that's the rule. So that means that we can recharge in the morning and we can, we can get back to, to normal. And when they go to bed at a certain time, then we're, we have our evenings too. So yeah, really, it's not by accident. There's that's for sure. It's it's pretty pretty well thought out ahead of time. And luckily, Chelsea and I, my wife, we've just always been on the same page about that kind of rigor for pretty much everything. So yeah, I'm I'm happy about that. I'm happy to hear that it does come back eventually. But I am really enjoying sort of being a dad. Like it's one of those things where you really you really can't put it into words like you know i, I was listening mm-hmm. to you know people who are dads and you know mothers and parents um like yourself and other people on podcasts and friends you know bryce has had two kids before i even had one and you know you sort of you got an idea of what it might feel like but um like that day you know when i'm holding him i'm like oh my god just that that excitement, that fear, you know, it's all sort of mixed in together. And I didn't mm-hmm. know that I would necessarily feel those emotions um, sort of together. But yeah, it was, um, you know, pretty phenomenal. And just just when I hold him and, you know, look at him as, oh my God, I can't wait until year five and or older and we can do stuff together. And what are you going to do in primary yeah. school? What are you going to do in high school? You know, you just like mm-hmm. sort of daydream about the possibilities of what's going to happen. And I know being a parent is just... Uh, having like a heap of good intentions and hopefully they all sort of work out (laughs) and benefit the kid because I know like, you know, we're we're all human and our parents had, they had great intentions as well, but they didn't get everything necessarily right. And I dare say I'll be the exact same. I might be too much of a mate and not be good at discipline and stuff like that. I don't know. I don't know how, how it's going to go, but I'm glad that yeah we'll potentially be getting some sleep back because I think last night I went to bed about four o'clock at night or <laughs> in the yep. morning. So I was just like, where? Mm. Yeah. I don't really want to, the, don't want to do panic. that every that's time. The, like, <laughs> is this forever kind of feeling like, is it always going to be like this? And of course, like you just kind of like think about an adult, like eventually an adult kind of gets <laughs> an actual sleep schedule. So somewhere between there and where they're at right now, like there's a bit of a, a gradient that happens a bit of a, a bit of a blend. And in 15 so. years, he won't want to get out of bed. So I'm just, <laughs> exactly. just wait for that's that. what I'm saying. Man. <laughs> it is, it is a transition but I would say the thing that is probably one of the more discouraging part is like the sleep regression thing that happens or it's like, you think you're good. And then it like, I don't remember what the milestones are, but it, it seems to be somewhat predictable. It's like kids going to get to like eight months or something like that. And they're like, now they're going to, if you think they're getting good at sleeping, they're going to suck at it for a little bit again, just to kick you in the ass, <laughs> give you a little <laughs> punch to the gut and wind you a little bit. Like, Oh, come on, man. They were doing so good. This doesn't make any sense. And you kind of like look it up and go, okay, this is, this is okay. And, um, you know, I, I feel like there's, there's a lot to coming to understand from other parents 
the challenge part of it, because I think a lot of parents will be very eager and, and excited, you know, rightfully so, to tell you about all the awesome parts about being a parent and all the prideful moments and all the, the joyful milestones and all this other stuff. And you think that that's all there is. And then when something crappy happens or really challenging, you're like, nobody talks about this. Like, <laughs> What was it? What am I supposed to do? Like, what? You feel alone, and you feel like you've done something wrong, and it's like probably is a sleep regression thing, mm. and like that's a thing that just it just happens. Maybe there's maybe they're teething, and that sucks too. Like, there's a lot of stuff that just everybody kind of goes through, and it changes. I think it changes priorities too. I don't know. Like, I don't know that you were really partying all that much beforehand, but like it kind of kind of prioritizes things automatically for you. Having yeah. kids, I would say. I feel yeah. like I was. Uh, things just don't <laughs> register anymore. I feel like I was set up pretty well for it because, you know, I I live in a country town. A lot of my friends and that moved to like the city and elsewhere. So like you know, mm-hmm. I wasn't left with a lot of friends. So like my sort of, I guess like you know, partying sort of days were you know behind me a little bit. <laughs> Same here. So yeah. um, it wasn't such a big deal. Like the idea of like. I know some people might be like, all right, you can't go out with your mates anymore. It's like, that wasn't really a, a thing for me. Totally. Like, I, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm always really happy just to stay home and be like, hey, look, you know, there's always a video game coming out. There's always something to replay or catch up in your backlog. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's always something to yeah. watch on TV. There's always my beautiful wife who's here as well. <laughs> so, yeah. Don't always have to escape. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah. So you posted the other day, um, you playing rock band with your kids and, it seems like they're getting to the age where they're starting to, you know, you'll be able to be, uh, have a bit of fun with them. So how's that yeah, been? They, they suck at rock band. <laughs> <laughs> they're not very good at it. Well, I should say they can't really, they don't really understand like the timing of it and everything like that. Even my daughter's like, she's holding a guitar and like doing one or the other. She's either strumming or hit the buttons, but it doesn't really matter. Um, yeah, they are definitely of the age where we can start to have some fun together. And that's like, that is the best. And I remember thinking the exact same thing that you had mentioned. Like, I can't wait for, they're still not quite old enough, or at least they don't seem to have the attention span for like a movie night. I can't wait for a movie night, mm. like a Friday night kind of thing. Let's bust out some popcorn and just like sit down and watch a movie together. Like, oh my gosh, I can't wait for that. Um, but you know what? One of the things, and, um, I think you had maybe something to do with this was I think it was just last summer maybe when um, I just decided we're doing Pokemon. We're like we're getting into Pokemon and the two kids and I were going to go outside and we're going to go find them with Pokemon Go. We're going to grab my phone (laughs) and we're just going to go see what's out there. And that was when like, yeah, definitely things started to get super fun for us to like go do something that they understood. We We were playing a game. There was an objective to it. Like there was mechanics to the game. Like they, they would never use those words, but they understood that there was like a flow to this, which, um, that was that was just the best. Sometimes I would go out before like with like Lincoln, we'd just go out for walks and he would kind of make up games as we would go along. Um, I've got this and, and hopefully your your mem- memory is better than mine because I feel like my brain is Swiss cheese at the best of times. But I've got just like this very vivid memory of going out for a walk with Lincoln. He was, I don't know, maybe three years old or something like that. And he was getting into um, he was getting into Animal Crossing. Actually, we had given him a a 2ds and yeah he was playing new leaf on it and he didn't it's funny it was really interesting i'm kind of all over the place here but i think a lot of people think what kind of like first video game would you give your kids and because a lot of us grew up with like mario and things like that it seems like that's what we would give but like 
we didn't ha- we didn't even have a game like Animal Crossing. Like things like that didn't really exist. And what what at least Chelsea and I kind of discovered was like that was the perfect first game for him because there's really no point. <laughs> like, there's really no like end goal. You can't die. You just like if you if all you do is walk around this this cutesy little area, then you're good. And you mm-hmm. you just somewhat discover that you walk up against this tree and press A or B or whatever it is, and you shake the tree and something fun might fall out of it. And so that blew his mind. He was really liking Animal Crossing kind of on his own on his 2DS. So when we went on this walk and this memory kind of happened, we were, he said, let's go play Animal Crossing. And he would run up to a tree, grab the trunk and just shake it. And he would do like <laughs> a awesome. totally like childish over-exaggeration motion. And I found myself jumping in with him. And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> that's the best like let's do that like yeah man like if you want to if you're having fun grabbing the tree and, and play and pretend and play pretend in decades dude let's play pretend that's awesome so that was kind of like where things definitely changed for me and and as a dad like and chelsea was um chelsea was breastfeeding for both kids so like i didn't really have like a like a role in the middle of the night, really, yeah. uh, or with the kids. Like my, my role as a dad, especially in the early days, was like pretty minimal. Um, my goal was to change as many diapers as humanly possible. Like that was because that's all I could do. I couldn't really I couldn't feed the kids. We weren't really doing formula or anything. And so I felt like I don't feel like I'm doing anything. I don't feel like I'm contributing. And that is not a good place for my brain to sit, especially when that tired. Like it just mm doesn't feel good didn't feel like i was very valuable and it definitely wasn't feeling like i was contributing and i'm like what am i doing then so um yeah as they get a little bit older i find myself much more involved and involved and enjoying it too it's not even like i just like i'm i have to do something it's it's like we we get to do things together and yeah that that just is more and more every single day we go skiing now which is super fun um we'll take one of the kids one at a time to the local hill and that's been that's been great too man yeah, I'm jealous because I've never been to the snow in my life. So that looks like a lot of fun. Yeah, that sounds like a decent life too, though. <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> Just like never seeing snow. And you're like, oh, I'm, you, you'd be so sick of it, I would imagine. you got to get rid yeah, of it off your driveway. Know, and, mm. Dude, like we have so much snow, but this isn't uh, this isn't the Xbox drive where Ryan Turford gives the the weather update on a <laughs> weekly basis. So, yeah, how you going? Yeah, just look out the window. Oh, well, I'm... Um, I'm grey and <laughs> overcast. Yeah, that's not what I asked. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, all, all of that sounds sounds like good advice. So I think you know ev- everyone has been telling me just just enjoy it, and I have been even the mm. bits where I'm like tired and he's screaming because like yep la- screaming oh. <laughs> last night he was like you know I couldn't settle him or whatever, and eventually you know said Chantel, um, yeah. You feed him. <laughs> mm-hmm. You've got the the milk, and I, I went yeah. to the, I went to the bathroom and just like you know went to the toilet, and all I could hear in the back of my head was just like screaming. Yeah. <laughs> but it, yes, he, he wasn't but actually was he wasn't actually crying. It was just, <laughs> just still going on here. in my head. Yeah. Oh my. Oh my mm-hmm. god. Oh man, I've definitely <laughs> I've definitely experienced that. You just like you're you're because it kind of comes in almost like predictable waves. Like with the breathing, they kind of like let something out and then they breathe and then it kind of comes again. You just like I don't know. It, it creates a bit of an expectation. I man. Yeah. Mm. That uh, I don't think I've ever heard anybody express it like that. But that's the thing. Yeah. I'm with you on that, man. Mm. Yes, no, something I can um, go Sorry. without when they're a bit <laughs> when they're a bit uh, older, I reckon. Yeah, but one one aspect I haven't heard you talk about on your podcast, I might have missed it. I dare say you've touched this. You've you record a lot each week, but 
Like, talking about your family, how'd you meet your wife back in the day? Oh. What's, your, what's your story behind that? Was there anything interesting or were you just, uh, you just met at a nightclub <laughs> with the doof doof? No. And- um, we, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, we, uh, we met at work, actually, which complicated things, at least in my mind. Uh, not really for her. Um, yeah, I worked in, I've worked in, for, in charity work for, gosh, for, 13 14 years at this point which is nuts and um it's actually a really interesting sector to work in because there's just like beautiful people in it man i swear to god like everybody works in philanthropy is just like gorgeous it's crazy on both sides of the aisle um and i remember i was about three years in and the ceo that ran our, our organization was retiring and um i had a particular role that day um with like some technology and stuff because i was a guy and i knew how to like turn on a, a computer so like i was the internet person i was the technology person you know <laughs> we don't really have like an it group yeah. ever so you just like choose like the the young man and put him in charge so that was kind of like my role that day was just to make sure everything worked on a tech perspective choose sean he's got an xbox he knows what's going on pretty much yeah <laughs> it, little did they know uh but yeah like i so it was at my uh the ceo's retirement party that in walks in Chelsea with the with her boss and her boss introduces her and says Sean this is Chelsea and I, I'll never forget like the hair and the like the the bow in her hair it was just like holy crap I remember thinking like we hire some of the best looking people at this place this girl is gorgeous holy crap the hair was just amazing and, and the and this bow and with like kind of like a flower thing which was which was amazing and um I remember meeting her, but also being very preoccupied with my responsibilities that day. So mm. we'd met and she said something really kind of witty and I didn't have a comeback at all. Like, which <laughs> I'd like to think is kind of rare for me, but I basically mm. found myself with, with my tongue tied kind of thing. I'm like, I'm going to, uh, just go, go fix this thing. Cause I was also a little, <laughs> a little like, Holy, yeah. I, a little, little yeah, you gotta let so, some steam, steam out of your collar when you're Definitely. talking to me. Like, Oh God. <laughs> Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's where we that's where we first met. And uh, especially at that time, the place that I worked at, like we were all really good friends. We were all in our 20s, early 30s, mainly and like ready to party, man. We all like we we worked hard and we played hard and uh, we were all very close. And yeah, after a certain amount of time, we we just kept hanging out and it got a little serious. But I was like, I don't know how I feel about this. Like we work for the same place. I don't know if this is such a good idea. Like this is I kind of like this place. Like I think this is my career, so I don't really want to mess up with that. And um yeah, she kind of talked me into it. And also my best friend, I was kind of talking to him about it. And I'm like, I don't know if this is such a good idea. And he's like, you should just go for it. I'm like, yeah, okay. I don't know why I'm overthinking this. So yeah, we started dating. And and of course, you know, fast forward a number of years, we had, we, got, we got married. But the reason I skipped to that part is because my, my best friend who gave me that advice, he was my best man. And giving his speech, he said, like, the only reason you guys are here is because of me. Because <laughs> Sean wasn't going to make this happen. So <laughs> it was, yeah, it was really up to him. And you know, because one of the things that I questioned back then, too, like one of the things that really came to light quite quickly for Chelsea and I was like we had a lot in common and uh, video games was one thing. And we both kind of had the same. Um, we were both kind of into amateur photography. We had basically the same camera. and I was kind of kind of taken by her. She actually understood technology in a way that like I didn't I had never really like experienced that with another like 
woman i guess like it was really mm. strange i'm like you know what an hdmi cable is holy crap like this is amazing you have a, you have a, you have a ps3 what the heck yeah um one night one night i came over to her place to to hang out and um this is another like just there's countless times that i would have gone over to her condo back in those days and um she tells me uh, bring over a couple movies and and we'll just kind of like hang on like that sounds great what do you what are you in the mood for and she's like i don't know you, you give me options so i, I grabbed a couple of movies like, i'm like how do you feel about like wolverine and and resident evil i, I think we're the options. She's like yes resident evil let's do resident evil I'm like okay good sign so i come on over and she was on like kind of like a main floor of a condo building which means i could just like go into her sliding door and and go into her, her, her condo that way or her apartment rather than kind of go through the main door. So it was really nice and easy. So I, I knock on the window, she waves me in, I go in and she's sitting there playing Ocarina of time on, on her 64, which I mean points. Yep. And I'm about <laughs> to say, Hey, like, you know, actually like have like, let's, let's have a conversation. And she gives me like the one second kind of like, just, a, mm, just, just wait over there. And I'm like, this is awesome. Like, I just love this girl, man. Like, she, I don't mind at all. She's just playing ocarina. She's talking to the owl. It's turning its head upside down, whatever, and trying to get through whatever the heck it's telling her about. And she's she's one, and she's always been this way. She uh, she skips through story and dialogue and everything. Like, she's like, she's she's don't care, don't care. Skip to the end. And that particular part of ocarina, like at the very end, this owl goes like, do you want me to repeat myself? Yes or no. And it defaults to yes. So she's still busy hitting a, and it ends up hitting. Yes, please, please tell me that all over again. So she got frustrated with that. (laughs) And it was just like all these things, very, very cute little nuances that I appreciated, man. Like she was, she was there on her own, not trying to impress anybody. She was just like, she likes Zelda. So that's awesome. And yeah, she likes photography and I kind of liked it too. So it was one of those things where I was like, is this the real deal? Like, I think this is it. This is kind of, kind of amazing. And then as we got closer to getting married, I'm like, is it really just the video? Like, is it video games? Or am I getting married based on like this, this joy and love for video games? And um, maybe for a bit, I felt like maybe that wasn't, is that the good, is that the right idea? Mm. And now it's been, we've been married for, it'll be eight years in, in April. And it's like, that was the best thing, man. To have something like like that core, that just like innocent and raw and like just identifiable was one of the best things ever for us to to connect on. And of course there's more to it. Like <laughs> this is how nerdy I really am. It's like when we compared like how we budget money, it was the same. And it's like, oh snap, this can really work. Like I feel like our approaches to so many different things. Video games is the things that is kind of fun and exciting to talk about. But like the real things are like we budget the same. We had a very similar kind of philosophy on family and family planning and like our relationships with family. And even the the approach that we took to like buying a house together was like made sense. Like we both just we were we were in the same boat and it was never like either one of us was offending the other with their our own opinions on things it was we're just going to come in with the exact same amount we both had a place before that we were going to sell come in buy the house with the exact same amount because it's still early like relatively in your relationship like it was advanced at the time but like that was 10 years ago at this point, 10, 11 years ago. So yeah, it's, it's kind of like we still didn't know each other back then as nearly as well as we know each other now. So there's that little bit of uncertainty back then. And yeah, and then you just live your life together. You know, it's just kind of wild when you think about it. Like, cause before that you're all over the place and then you, you really do settle down and really come to know 
that person like all the way through and what they're what they're capable of and that's the one thing i just i don't know if it's the same i'm sure it is the same for you and your wife anybody who's had their wife or partner give birth good god they yeah. are just <laughs> obviously on another level than the rest of us man like well, there's no way we could keep up because yeah they are they are equipped for intensity man so yeah is a, a just you just i had just developed a huge appreciation from the early days all the way through two childbirths and everything that comes in between, man. Mm. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty impressive. Like going back to uh, your mate who basically said to look, just don't worry about it. Just go and see, mm-hmm. see how it goes for you. Look, I think like all men need a mate like that. Cause like I, I had a, oh, I, yeah. I had a friend like that. He wasn't even like, like a close friend or anything. He was just someone I was friendly with, but he was just like, like, dude, just, just, you know, stay the night. Like it's fine. Like I, I, I was, I was very much in the mindset with um, Chantel when we first met. I was just like, oh look, you know, she, she just wants to be friends, or whatever. And I, I was very shy, very like I didn't have any confidence when it comes to girls and all that type of thing. So I was just like, you know, just yeah, yeah she just wants to be friends, or whatever. And that was, mm-hmm. you know, talking to her now is very much not the case. She was, <laughs> she was laying down some pretty obvious hints, but I did not see any of them whatsoever (laughs) that was the same with me (laughs) (laughs) so you know thank god for friends like that and yeah you know if if we can pay it forward one day maybe you're in a food court or something you can see someone some lady just laying on some real obvious hints to this dude and he's just not getting it maybe just tap him on the shoulder and be like hey look she's laying on some pretty pretty serious hints there mate maybe (laughs) maybe take it to the movies or something but <laughs> my my thing is like I think that my like my radar on that front I don't know if it's any better now so I, like if I couldn't give myself any good like I would I would actually want somebody else to go give that advice I wouldn't trust myself <laughs> to tell somebody else to, to go for it like, oh, I don't yeah. know man I didn't see it for myself so what do I know I'm in a I'm in a similar place too that was um Chantel and I were both working at the same pub together and mm-hmm. she she got grumpy because this she's like you're talking to this girl and she's hitting on you I'm like is she <laughs> I I don't know what I didn't see it whatsoever she was just uh, some loud drunk woman to me but apparently 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 she was uh, laying it on but Mm -hmm. even if even if I wanted it I uh, you know did not did not see it see it coming yeah no I don't know man like we're just friendly (laughs) you know (laughs) who the hell even knows I don't know man Hmm. Yeah, so that's that's really nice, sort of how you uh, you know you met Chelsea and all all those similarities. Like when it comes to me and Chantel, like we don't have those similarities when it comes to video games, but we have it on sort of uh, I guess other levels as well. So mm-hmm. I guess it just goes relationship by relationship. And I, I've tried to get Chantel into games. I've been like, oh, you know what, something like something like a, a Telltale game or uh, Life is Strange or something. You know, you can just sit there and it's like, oh, what do you want to say? Press X or circle or whatever mm-hmm. and uh you know that's still she's like oh where's the buttons are oh, what's going on i don't know what the press uh there's a time limit uh she's stressing out i'm like oh, oh. maybe Tet- losing her. maybe Tet- yeah that's right <laughs> maybe <I'm- laughs> relationships going downhill going downhill no it's tough, man. Well, Chelsea grew up with games. Like her, yeah. some of her favorite memories are growing up with her with her aunt, actually, who was really into games. So, a lot of a lot of people I've I've chatted with over the years kind of have like that one person who introduced it to them. And for her, it was her aunt who uh, is quite a bit younger than her than her parents, actually. So it was kind of like more like an older sister hmm. kind of situation for her. So, yeah, like for like. I think if you're a kid, you're just playing games, whether it's a video game or whatever. It's just 
Um, and I think maybe it's more of a stereotype than truth that boys do it more than more than girls. Because I don't know, man, like I, I just think it's a matter of what you're exposed to. Both my kids are super into games. They both really like it. And I don't know that they're that we've focused more on one than the other. We just kind of went, this is fun. If you want to play with us, like you can play. If not, then we'll yeah. They basically get to decide. Like, I can't, I can't strap them to the couch and go. We are playing Pokemon now because this is going to be amazing. Like, that's just <laughs> not how it works. If it doesn't capture their attention, then Daddy loves Pokemon. Play with me. <laughs> <laughs> I have It's this, it's this mirage that you get to decide what you did, what you're going to do when. Basically, it's bedtime. Like, that's kind of it. Like, I, I kind of established the entirety of what I decide happens and everything else. It's like, all right, well, whatever you're not screaming about today, but yeah, like. For her, it was it was just a kind of by happenstance that she liked video games because that was in, kind of ingrained in her years and years beforehand. And it's funny, too, because she kind of had, I think, the same experience that I had, but just on the opposite ends of things where, like, she would date guys who weren't into games. And it's like, what the hell is wrong with these dudes? <laughs> like, what's the matter with you? And how does that happen? But it kind of happens all over the place. And hmm. obviously, obviously, people... Um, get together and build lives together on, with varying uh, similarities or, or common interests and things like that. And for me, I think it just worked out on the content creation side as well. Like we're both, we're both very, um, we, we have like a creative muscle that we want to, that we want to stretch every once in a while. And my professional life doesn't really allow for it. And I'm not sure that I'm really like talented enough to like make a living, like as an artist or musician or anything like that. That's definitely not happening. So, but we definitely are both very driven and want, if we are interested in something like we're going to try our, our best at it. And we we're very encouraging of each other. So whether or not it was, a common interest in video games that that's great but i think more core to that more central and it was actually something she said in her vows like that she's gonna always encourage me to chase my dreams and it's like she has kept that word from that moment that she said it uh because yeah it it's kind of the same thing that the that my best man did now that i think about it a little bit was like he encouraged me to chase to chase this and chase her and then now that i'm now that we're building a life together she has been you know she never lets she never she clears out the the doubt the self-doubt the the wondering the second guessing the all that garbage she's mm -hmm. like just go for it and i owe so much to that like to and this is these are lessons that i've kind of learned and tried to to build off of over the years is that encouragement from her and um and bobby as well one of the first things bobby ever said to me when when we first met was like keep doing this like this is this is good. This is, you should be doing this. And I've come to realize like how seldom people are encouraged in a genuine way. Well, maybe you don't be, maybe not in a genuine way. Like people just genuinely generally are not encouraged to do something that they're enjoying. And that's actually kind of sad because it's so meaningful when you have something that you want to do. Oftentimes we'll kind of like, we'll hide it. And especially as, as video game nerds and dorks, like I think maybe especially we go like, Oh no, I'm like, I'm only kind of into video games. Like I don't want to, I don't want to let my true color shine here, but like actually it's like <laughs> all you think about and all you want to do. And you can't wait till the next one. You know, you kind of like hide it a little bit. And this, leaning into the things that really bring us joy and, and giving other people permission and encouraging them to do that. It's like life is so hard and having people do that for you is just, 
guiding you towards the light, man, because (laughs) there's so many challenges. Life just gets harder and harder every single day. Um, There are people around us who their lives are hard and we feel for them and our own lives are become more and more challenging. So I think that it's just so Chelsea knew even before, well, maybe, maybe because her, her dad passed away at a, at a young age, maybe she kind of had this, this enlightenment maybe earlier to just like, life is too short to worry about stuff. Just like, go for it. Like if it's going to bring you some happiness or maybe it will, maybe it won't like you just go find out and don't work. Don't let the worry and anxiety and stuff prevent you from discovering something awesome. And this stuff like podcasting and like, I don't say lightly is totally changed my life completely changed. Like I think my professional life has been enriched by this sort of thing. My personal life has been enriched. Like I just feel like I have something other than my job that is attached to my identity and what I think about. Um, and that is because people encourage me to do it. Like I wanted to do it. Like I'll definitely, I won't like take none of the credit, but, um, I think my, myself, I think a lot of people who start up this sort of thing share this where you, you can very easily talk yourself out of doing it. Like very, very easily. You can just go, mm, I don't need to do this. Cause like none of us need to do anything. And if it's hard, if it's causing us any stress, which anything, most things worthwhile doing probably will do. Um, yeah, they're very, it's very easy to take a nap or get extra sleep or do literally anything else rather than the thing that's hard. Um, but I think it's super important, man, to have something outside of whatever's paying the bills. I think it's important to have something to look forward to. Um, and for me, it's podcasting for me, it's meeting up with friends and doing stuff like that. So, yeah, that's great that you've got someone that can sort of help you get rid of that doubt because, I guess before I started doing podcasting myself, like if I was listening to say podcast beyond and say Colin Moriarty was like, Oh, it's been a long day and I'm tired and you know, whatever. I'm like, dude, I'm literally, you know, on the farm, like lifting or you know, shearing or whatever. It, like this is hard work. Come on, Colin or mm-hmm. whatever podcast I'm listening to when I'm, when I was younger, but starting it myself, it's like, you know, it's not necessarily the, the the podcast. It's uh, you know, it's the prep. It's the the editing yep. afterwards. It's the trying to have yourself turned on and be motivated when you're actually doing it. Like there's a there's a lot mm-hmm. to it, and yep. sort of it's it is a lot more creative. It is a lot more uh, sort of involved than you might think. Just as a listener, just when you like go to your podcast player and uh, you know press play, and that, yeah. that's something that sort of you know shown to me just when I started doing it myself and I guess it is similar to you know having a having a kid (laughs) just like when you're actually when you're in it it's like oh well it is different because I'm doing it and this is sort of you know how I'm feeling and you know I think uh, a lot of us you know online people you know don't necessarily listen to each other and don't take in each other's experiences and just go well no you're, you're wrong because of this but exactly it's like did you actually experience a lot like this other person has and i think there's a sort of some of those things have been like big eye openers to me just like you know you can assume what it's like to be in someone else's shoes like whether it's something like the job they're in or the type of you know nationality they are or whatever have you um you know there's a a lot we can sort of learn from that but i'm glad that you've got the uh um sort of uh the creative outlet because it's, it's something that's definitely helped me as well. Like, you know, you, you said that, you know, you know, you, you're not like an awesome drawer. You 
et cetera, et cetera. No. I, I'm the exact same. Yeah. I'll, I'd love to be able to play music. I can't. I can't draw. Yeah. I, can't, <laughs> I can't. But mm-hmm. I, I can uh, afford a microphone. <laughs> And I do have a room that I could talk talk to uh, the microphone in, so I guess uh, that's that's my thing. And I really I really enjoy it, especially since I, I was never like a big talker at school. When people heard that I do a Me. podcast, people in like my soccer my soccer team were like, "You do a podcast? Like you barely talk." Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like, well, I, I just sort of sit back and listen. I think, and yeah. and that's what I like to do. I like to you know, like we're doing now, I listen to what you're saying and sort of put my two cents in and see where we can go and you don't necessarily have to just talk and talk even though um it just depends what type of show you do i guess but how do you sort of uh differentiate like between your different shows whether it is like talking one-on-one or having a guest like you do on with the gamma cast which is very much where i'm channeling the energy for um for this with just i love how that show is just so like hey man let's just talk and yeah when i was thinking about this show um, you know, I've only done like a few episodes, but definitely after sitting down when I guessed it on where the gamma cast, I'm like, I quite like that as, as a guest experience. I really enjoyed sitting down and just like, you know, you pop up on discord and it's like, Hey man. Oh, hello. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> and then like all the, all the rest is sort of done, uh, with you recording the intro and that, um, elsewhere, which is, uh, yeah, works out pretty well for the, the guest time. So mm-hmm. yeah. H- how do you sort of, uh, you know, make each show it's its own thing because you do a few, you do a couple. I do do a couple. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. Cause you know, with we, the gamer cast in the early days, I was very, I'm very like my, my mind is very logic driven, like a plus B equals C one plus two equals three. A lot of like logic and rules and framework and everything else. Like, because I need to be able to operate in a space that's familiar to me in order to feel comfortable and confident and then like do the thing. And in the early days, I kind of established that I was going to have a brand new person. Like I had these rules. It was going to be a different person every single week. And I generally wanted to talk about like how they got into video games. And there's a couple things like that. Like I did uh, other rules were like, I didn't ever want to have like repeating guests. I always want to have somebody like a brand new person. And that was your one time. You're never going to be allowed back on. <laughs> and as it, it didn't really take all that long before I realized like some of these rules are kind of dumb and kind of limiting, like, and who made them and who's going to care if I even follow these things. And as the year, it literally took years and it probably, you know, if I continue, if I'm lucky enough to continue to do that show for years in the future, I'll probably look back to even at this point in time, 2022, where I will think about um, some form of regimen to it that, that I will in the future, let go of, there's probably something even as free flowing as I'd like to think that it is now, there's probably something that can be let go even further. Um, But as time went on in the early years, I started to discover that like the, the fewer rules I was putting into place, like the more enjoyable I was having uh, more enjoyable time I was having with the show and the more open people were getting with it. And there was a few times where the guests kind of did it for me. Like they showed me where that show could go. And Seamus Mullins was the very first guest. And like, just that's, that's the, that's the big bang moment where I thought like, even before he showed up on screen, actually, I don't even think I was doing video at that time. Um, at all. I, I don't even think I had a webcam. It was just literally a Skype call mm. back in 20 December of 2015. And like, I don't know, I was, I was, um, emulating like Mark Marin just jumping on a conversation and literally like the whole format, the intro, and then jumping into the conversation and then having an outro, like that's Mark Marin's show. And I thought, well, what if I did that with, with, um, with video games? 
and uh, Seamus comes on and just shows me how it's done. Like, oh, snap. I get it's like four questions. And if the person can talk, then I'm good. And I'm just like you said, like, I think you and I grew up very similarly. Like, I enjoyed listening like quite a lot actually i didn't i i felt like i was going into that show like thinking i needed to be the talker on it it's like mm. first lesson of doing that show at least for me was like it's way better if the other person does the talking it's easier so like comfort zone i was happy there but in terms of like it being interesting i thought that that was the better way to go too so just kept i i've kept learning lessons all along the way i promise i think this is tied to your question and i keep doing that um there's times when somebody goes comes on and they've got a harrowing story but there's other times where i'm like they're like i have like five favorite games that i would like to talk about and like yeah i'm in for that so that show is very free-flowing and as it turns out like that's an easier show to do than something that's like regimented and first we're going to do this and then we're going to do this. Like, I think that's actually harder to do. Um, but there's no, and there's no, but there's no prep. And I think it's a better show for it. So I, I think very critically about all the things that I do, like the, the hard work comes afterwards when I'm reflecting on things and I'm thinking about how that's going to impact like the next one. But like in the moment, I try to just kind of go with the flow uh, for we, the gamer cast. And I, and I've tried to take that approach pretty much with everything. And this wasn't even like a, I don't think there was like a lesson I ever learned after the fact. I just, I've always kind of felt like I should just do what kind of feels right. Bobby encouraged me to do that big time. And I think for both of us, we're like, we knew right from when we met, we wanted to create podcasts together. And I remember jumping on a Google Hangouts with him and he's like, what if we do, like, what if we do the show? Like if we, if we ran Nintendo, and I remember thinking, like, that's a terrible name. That isn't, like, what do you have, like, a sentence? Like, your your podcast name is a full-on sentence? Like, a, a subject and a, and a verb and all this stuff. Like, what the hell is this? But okay, sure. Like, whatever you say, Bobby. Like, I'm, I just want to do a podcast with you. And that was another, like, I was actually kind of against the name. I wasn't really confident in that show, like, at all. But something something was telling me like you should do this like it wasn't a best friend it wasn't even like chelsea it was like something i remember saying to her this guy from new jersey wants to do this thing with me and i think this is gonna be a big deal like i think this is gonna be and it, i think in my mind back then i think i was talking about this earlier like i was thinking more on the like in like the, the traditional terms a big deal but what i found was that it was a big deal it just in life and friendship and as it turned out it it cultivated quite an incredible community as well but that's like fourth or fifth or sixth on the list of things that kind of came out of partnering with bobby on on that show so how am i how am i differentiating everything like i just kind of i am very my my sensitivity and my radar to detecting what is happening on each show is like ultra high. I really, really try to look at what's happening on each one. On We The Gamer Cast, it's like there's certain things that are happening there that it's like, well, maybe it's the community. Just the no the notion that it's community and people seem to be enjoying and I'm enjoying it as well. Um, having members of the community like kind of out themselves a little bit like this is who they are like before they show up on we the gamer cast they're just a an avatar or a weird name on on discord or something and then all of a sudden it's like a real person who's lived a life and went to school and has preferences and opinions and ways of structuring sentences that is interesting and that 
that I, I've really liked. And when I talk about like my sensitivity and threshold to like acknowledging these kind of things, it's when the two things kind of combine where I'm enjoying something and the audience seems to be picking up on something as well. I'm like, that's, there's something there. Bobby was excellent at that as well. And I really try to kind of hone that craft in and trust that process. So with the Nintendo drive, <laughs> Nintendo drive is kind of like, almost an extreme example of this because Cato and I, from the very beginning, um, we were, we were building that show on the heels, I guess, in a way of, um, a lot of stuff that Bobby had, and I had done, but it's also was adopting kind of like a namesake from the Xbox drive. So the Xbox drive definitely has a format to it. People have an expectation of that show, blah, blah, blah. And what I said to Cato and she agreed right from the start was like, we're not, the Nintendo version of the Xbox drive. Like that's even though the names might suggest that that's what it is. Like we're like, whatever the show becomes, like I have no, I have no pre pre notion, like ideas about what this show should be. So we'll just find out. And as it turns out, it's like, well, if we take 14 questions from the audience and we shop the eShop and buy a bunch of stupid $2 games, <laughs> that's awesome, man. Like I really enjoy that. So that that's kind of, the longest possible way to answer your question. It's um, I just follow what's been fun. And I think that is, has with it, with a, a little flair, a little direction, a little nudge to just go like, just do a little different, just do something a little bit that, that makes it unique. I don't need to, I don't feel like I ever like go out of my way to go. This is unique and different. Don't you <laughs> notice it? <laughs> I, don't, I, I hope that we don't do that. It's, it's not quite so overt, but yeah, we just kind of follow and feels what feel, uh, what feels good and yeah it just kind of but i think it takes courage i think that takes a little bit of like willingness and go i don't know how this is gonna go and who cares and I, we've just never i've never really looked at numbers i think that's kind of helped me a lot because I, if i did if i looked at how many people are listening and if i tried something and saw like i saw a dip that could or maybe it totally is not related to the thing that you try which i would say for the most part there's like a trillion factors that could impact a single week or even a single month or a half month, whatever it is, like could impact your listenership and you never know. So I would suggest, and what I, what I told myself back then was like, don't, don't ever like look at the numbers and link it back to something that you did. Cause it could be like the title of the show. It could be just, there is a war breaking out somewhere. Like who God knows what, like yeah. there's so many factors that could impact your listenership. So I never linked something I was doing to what, what was happening on the listenership, at least not in a micro sense. I tried to always look a little bigger than that. Hmm. Yeah, no, there's definitely sort of a lot to take in there and just, what you said about like, not even like sticking to like the exact same thing all the time. Like with, with this show, it's, I started off being like, all right, I want an interview show and I want it to be, you know, different people pretty much what, what you uh, said at the start of the run of uh, We're the Gamacast. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, different people and whatever, but sort of thinking about it, like, you know, I, I do want to play with the format a little bit. Like I've recorded and put in the can like a solo episode, like just with me while I couldn't, totally. while I didn't have time for guests and stuff. I've got that mm -hmm. in the can. I've got you know, other ideas and even uh, how it, this show can sort of fit in like with the other stuff I do, like with the House of Mario, which is a Nintendo podcast I do, um, sort of if I want a guest on to talk about something that isn't the news, they can come on this show and then it can be cross-promoted right. with the House of Mario. So those listeners mm -hmm. can hear the Nintendo topic and 
people that aren't maybe not into games, they might come across this and come across an interest in games by listening to this podcast as well. So there's like lots yeah. of different ideas you can sort of use with different technologies, whether it's with your podcast host or uh, whatever have you, but sort of lots of interesting ideas. You don't have to like follow the exact same rubric every single, every single week. So I think that's important. I'm, I'm glad that, uh, you know, you come to that sort of uh, thinking a while ago and you can, you see that in, yeah. in your, in your products too. Cause I, I absolutely love uh, how, uh, where the game cast is very much community focused. You've got a massive community, so you're able to do it. You're able to sort of showcase, uh, sort of people that, you know, like you, which is good. Cause you, you can get them on and people like a lot of the people, they'll know you. You're like, I don't know this person necessarily. I haven't talked to them, but they've been listening to your shows and they sort of just like, mm-hmm. jump in and start talking to you, which would be, Pretty interesting as well. It's not like you're talking to someone who's just trying to sell their book or something like that. <laughs> and it, just, was, yeah. it was that for a while. And I will say, you know, I, I try to let go of a lot of rules. I do have one that has lasted quite a while and that I will not have somebody with a Kickstarter who's trying to like schlep their their Kickstarter on, on the show. I had one and that was it. Mm, okay. I'm like, I'm, I am not, I am not here for, and if I even get a whiff of that, <laughs> if I get a whiff of like, I don't know. I don't know who listens to this, but like, I definitely had somebody come up like, Hey man, like I've got a cool new project that I'd love to promote. Like, can I come up with the gamer cast? Like, absolutely not. And I'm going to tell you that that stinks. Like what that person did with that. Like I just get the hell away from me, man. Hmm. Not even a little bit. Like I want a genuine conversation. I don't want you. And but the, the funny thing is oftentimes I will have a genuine conversation and I will genuinely be inter- interested in what that person is creating. And I'd much rather it that way. But when somebody comes in and it's just like so clear that all they want to do is like mooch off of, which I was going to say mooch off the audience. Let's be all like, there's, there's bigger fish to, or bigger trees to climb up, man. Like <laughs> I'm not going to, I'm not going to change your world by, by you being a guest on, on we, the gamer cast. Like that is just not how it works. It's not like you show up on the show. It's like, like Joe Rogan or something, (laughs) a couple dozen people, you know, like it's not a, not a huge deal. So, I mean, you won't get attacked for going on your show either, I guess. So that's a, that is a positive as far as uh, Joe Joe Rogan goes. (laughs) Whatever, man, a hundred million dollars. I'll, I'll have a look at whatever that takes. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, it's like when you said earlier, like, oh yeah, no, like your friend. Oh yeah, no, it's good. You know, broaden your horizons, go on some different shows. Mm. It's like, mm, I don't know how much I can broaden your horizons, Sean, but... Well, that, I don't know. Like, I, that's just like what, no matter who it is, it's like it just doesn't, it just doesn't work out like that, you know. Mm. And it, if that's what you're looking for, then I, like I said, I smell it. Like I and I just, I never want to come across that way to anybody else. I'm like, yeah, I'm really gonna come out as a winner by showing up on this other person. Should like. If that is the case, then cool. If there's other people, there's a couple couple people who come check out the stuff, then great. But I don't know. That doesn't last very long, I don't think. And I think that there's some people who have been after, on that trail for a long time, and uh, it runs out. People get it. People understand because it's just like this. It's very transactional and it's not very rewarding. And there's a there's there's a difference. There's a group of people who do that, and there's a group of people who don't. And the people who are in it for genuine relationships will be around forever. And it's just a natural thing. It's a natural process. So that's probably one of the only rules, yeah, of that I discovered once upon a time that I that I still hold on to pretty pretty hard. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <sighs> It's a lot to take in, but I, uh, yeah. I, I definitely agree with it. But 
I'll go to I kind of take like a what if. I've always kind of done this earlier. Like I, I, I feel like I, I've always taken a, and I do this in my professional life too. I kind of take like a what if um, approach. Like what if we did this? Hmm. Wouldn't that be cool? Like imagine if this happened. And I really enjoyed like living in that space and just going like, I don't know what's going to happen as it. And maybe this is just developing it over the years. Um, but like back in the day, my best friend, the, the guy who said like, go after, you know, pursue Chelsea and all these things. Like we've done such crazy things in the past. Like we, we have all these creative ideas and, and going back to when we were kids, we would just like record commercials with our VCRs and put together like, collages like you would you would think about like splicing together things from like youtube and stuff we would do that with vcr tapes and just like put together totally made up in stupid stories or sentences using it's almost like clipping out like words out of a magazine and gluing them together like we would do that with video (laughs) we're just like what if we did this and we would just make each other laugh and we'd always done that i remember coming downstairs when i was i can't remember how old i was turning but i was i was i had a birthday coming up and i said what if we hosted like a a reality tv show we had like cameras around and people could vote (laughs) each other off the island and we did that for my birthday like what if we did that and it was awesome we called it the team awesome reality tv show aka sean's birthday bash 2006 we videotaped it. we got a bunch of <laughs> camcorders we had a bunch of um competitions everybody was in teams and they voted each other off it was awesome and it was exactly that notion that i do even now with with podcasting is like what if we did this and i that's why him and i were have been friends for so long i love being around people like that who can withstand my stupidity on that front <laughs> i'm just like what if we did this like some people are like what the hell are you on about like what like that doesn't make any sense there's a couple of people like chelsea like bobby like my friend matt like a few others who go like yeah what would happen if we did that? That sounds cool. Like let's, I don't know, but let's, let's try it. And I, I love that. That's the, I'm not an artist. I'm not a musician, but like, that's my side of the creativity, like side instead of like math and logic, like my, whatever brain that is left or right brain. Like it's, it's a imaginative, I would say. And like, let's, let's see what happens. So that's, that's where I like to explore a little bit. Yeah. I think that's really important too, because uh, what I was thinking about, how I sort of, how I want to be a father. I think one of the main things I was thinking about is just making sure that you know, Lucas, he becomes curious when he tries things, he experiments with things. And cause I think like, you know, a lot of people that like, Oh, look, that person at school was real smart. They might not mm-hmm. be, they might not be that smart, but they're just curious. Yep. You know, they read books yep. about you know, stuff they're interested in. They try different yep. things. They've got a couple of hobbies. So they're not necessarily born like super smart. It's just that they try different things. And that comes in sort of the creative aspects as well, where mm-hmm. you, what you're talking about and just like, you know, try and just you know, silly things with video and silly things, just, uh, you know, whether it's on your podcast as well. Like I think it's all sort of, you know, linked together and it's important. Or, or worse is the opposite side where somebody might be, or a kid might be labeled as not smart mm. and it's because they haven't, been exposed to any of those things like their their experiences have been so limited that the that sort of like judgment has been cast upon, based on too few experiences like they haven't found their thing right and i think that that's something that maybe you and i can connect on as well like when like suddenly we can talk like what the heck and it's like it's not <laughs> like that we're incapable of it before it's just we hadn't fallen in like onto our railroad track yet we hadn't found the path yet that allowed us to really like practice that muscle and feel comfortable with it and all those things like it's just we didn't 
we weren't doing podcasts before. Like we were, we were just doing whatever we were doing before. It's just, what are you exposed to? And then what do you kind of, what do you kind of practice? Like I read a lot, like a ton of books. I was just like always reading. So I got really, that it kind of explains a lot. When you read a lot, you practice that muscle, you get fast at reading, your comprehension is good, you enjoy it, it's kind of like everything, it, it prioritizes, which means that you're probably not talking, you're probably not going out and meeting other people and networking and all these things. So everything has a choice, hmm. you know, like anytime, especially this is, I think, hyper-realized becoming a parent when you're like, there's 24 hours in a day and every choice you make, you're doing this and not that. And, um, for me now, like this is as excited as I am to make all the content. I am hyper aware of every hour I sit and, or stand uh, at my desk and I create content or play games so that I can create content is an hour that I'm not active. So like, I have to be very careful about those types of choices. I would say like where I'm, I'm doing this and not that. And I'm a very, uh, I see a lot of really interesting things in life. Like I, I scroll through like Netflix and go like, how does anybody make all of this content? I go to a library and go like, look at all the books here. Like I couldn't read all these books if I spent my entire life here. And then I walk across the street and go to like, I don't know if, as if there's a music store over there. Like I couldn't listen to all this music, <laughs> you know, if I, if I spent like, there's so much awesome stuff to just go enjoy. And when I focus on that, that, that definitely like lifts me up out of dark times, big time where I go, there's so much like to this. I can't waste a minute. I want to go experience. I want to go talk to Drew and do this podcast. And I want to go like play this awesome game. There's like five games that's coming out. And I want to go mouthful mode with Kirby in a second here. And I want to go try all <laughs> these amazing like beverages and whatever. Like there's just mm -hmm. so much around that I, I, it's like overstimulating in a way. And I'm really trying to work lately on like balancing how overwhelming that is with gratitude of how lucky are we that like we are spoiled for choice. There's way too many games. Games alone on one console yep. is too much, let alone two or all. And you throw a PC in there or you throw your phone and like, good God, man, we are so lucky. The world is shit. There's a pandemic and God knows what's happening in Europe right now. But like we, I still, I, I say it, so truthfully, like I still feel very grateful that we live at this time because there's lots of awesomeness, man. So yeah, there's a lot to be happy about and it's, it's, it's really easy to be like over overwhelmed by everything that's going on, especially now and over the past couple of years. And I know mm -hmm. like we might feel like we should feel that way because that's reality. It's not a video game. Yeah. It's not a movie. It's not a book. It's not a made up story. We feel like we yeah. might. So, Oh, well, do I have to feel do I have to feel real shit because of this going on? It's like we need to be aware of it, but we can't let it consume Agreed. us. We can't let it consume not, us. Otherwise it's totally, just gonna go downhill. I don't think escape total escape is the answer either. And like ignoring it, that's definitely not what I'm saying at all. But yeah, yeah. yeah there's there has to be balance in everything. Mm. When life is challenging, there's there's still gonna be positivity in it. When the world is terrible, there's still good things about it. Like it no matter what you might lean one way or another, but it's never the, the needle is never all the way terrible. Yeah. <laughs> it just really isn't, you know, what? and just noticing like even the smallest things, the sun, the sun was shining today. The sun came up again. That wasn't a guarantee, you know? So hmm. I feel like I interrupted you. No, no, you're right. I, I just like, I feel, especially us who aren't there, I feel like we need to keep a, a good mental state so we can help them 
whether it yes. is thinking of the ideas yeah. for fundraising or ideas, you know, to, mm-hmm. to whatever way you feel like you can help. We need to be in a good mental yep. state to be able to make a positive change. Whereas if we're just sitting on Twitter being, oh, fuck, that's, that's bad. <laughs> and yep. we go into, we just become depressed. That's not going to help those people either. So yeah. Yeah. easier said than done for sure. But definitely, it's, a, yes. it's a practice. Mm-hmm. It's a discipline. You know, that's, that's definitely something that I think about quite a bit for mm-hmm. sure. I got a question on Twitter from Jordan and he basically asked, uh, well, I think he asked both of us, but I'll put the question to you. Where do you want your content creation to go in 2022? Because mm-hmm. like over the past year, I've been so happy to see the growth of, um, all your podcasts, like you've started some, you've revamped others, uh, especially since the passing of Bobby Paul's. That was just like a massive change to you, me and Capri. And it was just, you know, an awful thing for all these friends and community to go through. But, you know, when you announced that you and your Patreon was coming back and you're, and you're doing your, you mean Capri day, you're doing the fundraising. I was just so happy to see you get back into it and Ryan join the fold in a more mm-hmm. permanent way. And since then it's just been firing on all cylinders. I've been a patron for, for a couple of years now, I think. I Thanks man. Thank you. Um, and I, I, do not. I especially don't miss an episode of Nintendo Drive because I'm just a big Nintendo fan. But I definitely <laughs> keep up. A lot. <laughs> Nintendo fans actually still like it. Like, cause this is a nonsense show. So thank you for that, man. Listen, uh, just I guess a bit of a pause on it. Like most of us uh, do, actually just open up our Switch and go to the eShop and say, "Oh, that's on sale. I buy that." Then never yep. play it. Look, a lot mm. of us are like that. I, yeah, especially like me, I shouldn't be like that. I, I want to be a Nintendo <laughs> podcaster as well. <laughs> so I feel like uh, I'm sure you feel like, oh, look, I should be playing more things and having some opinions about this art form on my Nintendo Switch. Yes, <laughs> but yes. yeah, it's just not how it works Dude. out. <laughs> That's, and that, that actually kind of, that reminds me of the early days with the GamerCast, I would have things scripted. I literally would, I was so terrified to like go off script or like wonder if I was going to have anything to say that I would have, I would read, you can go back, you shouldn't, but you could go back to the first episodes. I'm like, I am reading off the page for stuff. I'm like, I should present myself in a very like, you know, I should, in a, in a particular manner. And even the notion of how we talk about games, I think is up for conversation as well. Like uh, as a podcaster, what role are you going to play? Like there's definitely a journalist type of angle where you can go, I play this game ahead of time. Thanks to like this review code. And here's my opinion of the game, which is valuable. I think there's a lot of people who get a lot out that Mm -hmm. out of that. And I've been fortunate enough to be in that situation as well. But the other side of it, I think is easily forgotten because we all get so focused on like trying to get that as the end goal is like, nobody plays games like that. Like people who are listening to the show are not generally podcasters or they're not journalists or anything they play games like the world plays games which is a couple hours at a time and probably for a couple weeks at a time like they don't go from one game to the next to the next and yeah like there's there's a lot of reflection that i've done on that front too of how how does that enter into my content creation Mm. like am i supposed to have finished a new game every single week like that hasn't happened forever yeah but i've definitely eased up on myself for that because I was I felt bad that I'm like I'm still talking about this game it's like so that's how people play games definitely is definitely is that's just it yeah because I I actually you know I feel pretty pretty passionate about this actually because I've got I've got some friends uh, here in Australia who are you know going very well they have a lot of relationships with different publishers here and they get their games early 
but for me, this this is how I sort of felt like, you know, I, I, I'm excited for, say, um, let's just say Horizon Forbidden West recently come out. I'm excited for it. Mm-hmm. And then, yep. like, two days before, like, I'm not, not even thinking about it necessarily just yet. And kind of funny, drops a review saying, oh, look, we've pl- look five of us, we've finished it, we've played it. And then when I get it, I'm like, shit, I've look, it's anxiety straight away. I'm like, oh, I'm behind. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. And, and that's not, that is not how a big, like big games or any game should be sort of play. Like it's not just a checklist. It should be an experience that you play through yeah. and that like, you know, you talk, talk about with your mates for the next month. Like it isn't meant yep. to be rushed through. And um, I, I know this might be sort of controversial to some people, but if you're not into, into the game space, it won't matter. But like, you know, I know you listen to Colin Moriarty as well on uh, last stand <laughs> media. You always have to have like a disclaimer. You do. Exact same I, thing, I, like, I yeah. noticed. I noticed you do that as well on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, look, look shoot yeah. me, but I'll listen. I'll listen to his shows. Um, <laughs> but um, exactly. he, he got he got cut off from from the media, and he talks about the game when it comes out. And honestly, I really appreciate there's that. Something to that. I, I, mm-hmm. There's a lot to it. So it it, it takes the sort of uh, the idea of like, oh, look, I've got to get the house to Mario up to a point where I can get codes. Uh, a yeah. month early and then I can sort of beat the game before everyone. And so, no, I'm, I'm just a small time podcaster and yeah. I just, people tune in because it's a, hopefully a fun show and you get sort of, um, you know, listen to a mate just going through the game, probably the same pace as you, unless it's Pokemon. Yeah. I'll beat that pretty quick, but <laughs> no kidding. What the heck? <laughs> So playing two Pokemon games at the same time, <laughs> but yeah, this is this is the what is the goal? Like, are you striving towards that as your end goal? And if so, like, I don't know. Like, once you kind of get there, you, you go like, maybe I was aiming for the wrong thing. And I, I kind of had a had a conversation which is contradictory to this. I had a a person who I really look up to, somebody in Canadian media. Um, who I was like, Oh, I cannot believe I got this guy on the show. Like, it's so incredible. And he gave me that advice. Like, don't do it for these types of things. I'm like, what are you talking about? Victor Lucas, my hero. Like, I like, this is what this is. Like, this is incredible. But the more I, I thought about it, like he was absolutely right. Like there's, there's so much more reward. There's not enough reward, even in the best case scenario. And I actually remember thinking this, like back in the podcast beyond days where I was like, Craig Miller, Colin Moriarty back in those days, like probably like number one, you know, like the absolute top of the game and how much do they make? So it's like someone like in, in Canada, people think about like making it to the NHL in hockey or if you're you know, becoming a professional soccer player, like it's just like the 1% of the 1%, like the odds are just totally against, against you. And it's kind of the same in like the gaming journalism space. I would say that like it's 1% of 1% of like billions of people from around the planet who would love and kill to do that sort of job. And if you make it to like that pinnacle, how well off are those guys? Like, is that, is that good? And what I, I really thought about that. I'm like, well, you're, you're making X number of dollars a year living in the most expensive city on the damn planet. Like that wasn't really what I want. I think that there's versions of that on every single rung of the ladder of you get the games early, you get the money, you get the sponsorship ideas, like sure. But it comes with all these other kind of things about it that, that change the overall experience. And are they, as rewarding as as you would have thought, but I feel like I've taken us completely off of whatever question we got about. No, no that's good, uh, man. I think it was Jordan who was asking a question. Well, I guess uh, before before we get back in that way, I'll sort of pivot us a little bit 
back that way. Mm-hmm. But as far as your content goes, you do have a good relationship with a lot of publishers in Canada and you have yeah. gotten some early early games. So how do you how do you handle how you uh, cover those games when you do get an early code? Because you like you, yeah. in the past you have covered games, like you have got the game the day it came out and you have gotten early mm-hmm. and you have provided sort of re- review discussions on the day but it's come out. So sort of going forward, how do you sort of, um, how do you think you'll tackle that? I think first of all, like Ryan Turford and I have had a lot of very real conversations about like what we want to do and how, how we tackle this. And really, I'm not wishing for this at all, but for us, we are more, we want to remain true to the content, remain true to the audience and how we play games, which means that sometimes Ryan's not going to be able to finish a damn Ubisoft game in three days so that he makes embargo. And that's just the way it is. (laughs) And I think (laughs) to me, that just makes sense. Like it, it's, it's, you see, I feel like it's getting worse, honestly. Like, and I, I I was trying to talk about me. I'm going to talk about like the industry just for a quick second here. And that Mm -hmm. like, I, I look at a lot of reviews and go like, how is that a review? You're not done the game. You're not complete. Like you've, and, not, and I'm not suggesting every single game needs to be 100% complete. That's absolutely not what I'm saying. But it's sometimes I see like the game is not in a release fo- form yet. I think Elden Ring is a good example of this where like, mm. and there's a lot of games that happen where games aren't done when they're being reviewed. And so there's a day one patch that isn't available to reviewers. So they're actually not playing what the players will play. And I don't think that that's very authentic to put forward a, I think the day one patch is going to take care of this, but here's my experience and it's a 10 out of 10. Like, I don't think that's right. So I have sort of outlined quite a few principles collectively with Ryan about like just how I feel about the review process and the embargo and the PR kind of game. And I think we're pretty clear on that. So that's number one is of handling this is being super clear with, with my partners on that. And then being just as clear with the PR partners on that sort of thing where I say, like I tell them what I tell Ryan, like this is what you can expect from us. And if there are kind of pre day one issues, or if there's absolutely no chance of us releasing the content when the embargo hits and that's just it. And again, I think you and I listen to, we both listen to Colin. I think he's got a really good point on this. I actually don't know if he's spoken to this, maybe I'm blending things, but an embargo the people have, I think, maybe purposely misunderstood. I'm not sure what exactly what has happened. Um, but embargo basically just means that you can't talk about a game prior to a date. Mm-hmm. And yes. what it has turned into is a launch date for content or a launch time and date for content. Mm. And it's not the same th- That is not the same thing. It's a, um, it's like a, there's yep. like a, it's like a speed limit on the, on the street. You will not drive faster than a hundred kilometers an hour on the highway, whatever it is. Um, that's not to say that you have to drive 100 kilometers on the highway. You can drive mm. slower. You can drive, I mean, to a certain degree, but you can drive 95. You can drive 94. Like, there's, there, it's not a statement of thou shalt. It's That's just thou shalt not before. That's, so, yeah. you know, but, but mm. people on the, in the, in the rat race to clicks, everybody knows that the reason why they do that is like, if, if you're late, then you're late and it's not going to be worthwhile. So if you're a week late, then you're not going to get the clicks. But our game is just like Colin, I would say is like, that's not, that's not been our game forever. Like that's the way I don't make any money on YouTube. I don't make any money on, on podcasts. That's, that's not at all what it is. So why strive for that as the goal? If, if, you know, the embargo and, and putting your review out when the embargo lifts is the best case scenario for clicks. 
but that bears nothing on the future of your like your success, then don't play that game at all. So I'm pretty clear about that with with PR as well. And then I always provide the content when it is available. And we've kind of created a bit of a blend here to say that we will have conversational type of stuff on the podcast. I'm X number of hours into a game. And so far I'm thinking this, I think uh, tales of arise is a good example of this. And, um, Scarlet Nexus, oddly enough, last year, both from Bandai Namco, we got a code for Tails. We did not get a code for Scarlet Nexus. We actually hadn't worked with Bandai prior to to Tails. But what we did in that case was ask for a code for Scarlet Nexus was we were declined. And I said, you know what, man, like this, I, I wasn't joking. I really am excited for this game. I'm going to buy it anyways. And I'll let you know how we cover it. And we covered it just the way that we bought it. And I sent them the links and this is sort of like the playbook. Basically is like, um, this is, this is the coverage that we gave Scarlet Nexus. And this is the type of stuff that you could expect from us if we were to partner in the future. And then tales of arise came out and we did the exact same thing. And we said what we were going to do. We did it and we delivered upon it. And I think that that was a good thing. And it's a, that's been a pretty, pretty good model and it is all based on what we think is best for the audience and what works for us and what seems to be working with the PR and all under the the comfort and understanding that if that's not going to work for a PR company then they will stop giving us games and that's okay yeah. like that takes a, I think that takes a lot and it's taken a while for me to wrap my head around that that at any moment one or all of these PR companies you go like, we would rather work with, you know, a content creator who will put out their review, their full review on embargo, because that's kind of the expectation. That's totally fine. Um, but yeah, I think honesty is, has been how we tackle that whole front. And I <laughs> dude, like we don't, I don't know. I, I never really feel like we have any business getting anything from any of these people anyway. So every time they do, it's like, are you sure? Like, <laughs> did you make a mistake? I don't know. If, but yeah, it's, they're real people on the other end of the line. They're the, the PRP. It's not a company. Like it is a company, but like there are people representing that company and I enjoy them. I think they're cool people. I think they're, they're generous and they want the best for they're excited about these products. And um, yeah, I, th I think from that perspective, they're, they're just cool human beings that I get to interact with. And if uh, yeah, the relationship goes a different way, then it would never be personal. I wouldn't take it personally. And it would be, you know, I'm pretty, pretty upfront with my approach with it all. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting what you said about uh, sort of the embargo just being the speed limit. I'm like, yeah, well, that's a good point because we're just so used to being like, oh, the embargo lifts now and then that's when all these big outlets content comes out. Mm -hmm. and, um, I'm sure I'm sure most publishers thinking about it probably actually wouldn't mind that much necessarily unless like they've, they've got like a massive marketing campaign and they want to blend you in with it and all of this type of thing. But if, if that's what you want to do, I think that works out really well because – um, like as, as far as like my little podcast goes, I'm sure we probably would get more listeners if, uh, we, if I played Pokemon Legends Arceus, for example, a month or well, whatever you got to play it before. And yeah. you got, you got to review as soon as possible. People would be like, oh, well this Pokemon game, I'm really unsure about it because it looks kind of weird and whatever, but they want to hear someone's experience with it. Definitely. And, but I think for like my audience that's already here, I think me doing a, like a review sort of now. I'll be able to put a lot more detail into it, a lot more spoilers because people have already yes. reached that point. And you can sort of, uh, you can say like the story wasn't good and you can say why, because this character, that character or whatever, or if it was good. 
um, as well. And you can say mm-hmm. why and people can be like, yes, I can agree with that because I've played it. And it's much more of a, an experience where someone's like basically your mate sitting beside you talking about games rather than being like, I'm Mr. Critic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which in yeah, some ways I- would be fun too, but. And I don't think that I'm the only one who's come to this realization. Like PR is way, they're, they're 10 steps ahead of all of us. And oh, yeah. <laughs> I would say, I think PlayStation Canada is a good example of this. Um, and I think there's others maybe as well. There are seemingly like certain categories of content creators who are getting games at different times, actually. Mm. So some are getting it super early because maybe, they, maybe they've realized like these are the guys who get it done. And they're a gigantic operation and they get like, there's a, there's no doubt. There's a huge marketing reason, promotional reason that like all the stuff happening all at once, that's purposeful. Like that's, that's the goal. They will, they, I don't think that there's ever oh, yeah. a, a PR professional out there going like, you know what, spread it out. Like over the course of a month, like nobody is suggesting that in like, instead of what happens now. But I think what they, what they're coming to is that both have a place that it's not one or the others that both have a place. So you do see embargo lifts, gigantic marketing splash. Everybody's talking about it. Like the goal is to get the game trending. So how does that happen? You have all these reviews kind of happen all at the same time, but there's also value in not like, I don't know, blowing your load, like with the whole thing, like you can't just do it all at once. Like you still want prolonged, like there's, there's an importance to having to tying along with other people. So we're definitely seeing, some some content creators getting it ahead of time and then others going like you'll get the game when everybody else does which immediately removes the embargo pressure it's like the embargo has gone create your content whenever you can and that's kind of it that's actually worked out well like in some cases it's not even like i'm trying to be like look this is how we're going to do it we actually meet right in the middle we're like at the exact same point they're giving us the game with the same expectation that we're accepting the game in terms of what kind of content the timing of our content so that's kind of the best case scenario where I, I don't have to worry about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a game like maybe like Halo or Forza where like, I think we did have ample time um, to come out with a pretty reasonable amount of coverage when the embargo did lift. And I felt super comfortable about that. So it's like, I'm kind of long winded about it, but I do think it's complicated. I think it's more, it's more nuanced than like my rule is black and white. And in this case, like I'm never going to hit embargo. It's like, that's not what I'm saying at all. It just has to be reasonable. I have to feel, and I, and my, my partners have to feel comfortable in like our ability to fully flesh out a, an opinion of it and actually play the game and play it in a way that is at least somewhat close to how other people are going to play. Like nobody's playing Assassin's Creed. Like Ryan played Assassin's Creed Valhalla like two years ago like that's oh, just in like 60 hours in like three days man like oh, what the hell that would be awful so, awful yeah yeah and then you come out and i you saw it with far cry i think was a good example of that you saw you see some of these games i think you saw probably with like dying light is a good example um there's a bunch where the net result is unfortunate for the game itself because these people were were kind of they, they, I was going to say they were forced, but they really, nobody's forced to do anything. They put, they, they agreed to the terms that they were going to be playing this game in a terrible circumstance. And I just feel like you can see it. I think if you read and, and listen to the reviews, you can, you can sense it. So yeah. if, if I play, you know what other people think about that. <laughs> if I play 20 hours of a game, um, like in one day for three days, I reckon my review would be like, oh, look, this game, it makes you very tired. My eyes hurt. Um, look, I don't know if I recommend it necessarily. Um, you know, I've got actually quite sore thumbs. Uh, yeah, I couldn't wait for it to end. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't wait for it to end. Of course not. <laughs> 
Yes, yes, definitely. Yeah. I think that's that's a that definitely plays a part. Or I didn't finish it, or I played it on easy mode, which that there's nothing against played it on easy mode, but it's a different experience than what other people might do. Like, what has happened is excuses are everywhere, like all over the place. Of like, I was gonna give you like a fully a full review, but like this, this, and this. So this is what you get. It's like really. Like that's what that's what we're that's that's what we're being okay with, but okay, but yeah, like I was gonna full hand in my homework, but had all these other things that kind of happened. So here you go, and the teacher's not gonna have any of that. It's like well, it's still like a half baked product. Mm-hmm. So and it's also coming from the people who who champion against crunch. They're crunching for their reviews. Like it's so hypocritical. Like that's that's the kind of the probably the biggest thing about it all. Is every one of these people who. I don't think any one of us really enjoy crunch. I don't think any one of us want to see people lose their, their, their families and things to, um, to making a game because they had to work overtime for an extended period of time. It's like, those are the, the people who are kind of most vocal about that are the ones who will ignore all of the responsibilities so they can play 70 hours of a game in, in 80 hours time. It's like, that's for a product that maybe it should just be delayed. Take your time. Miyamoto quote that review you know what i'm saying <laughs> a bad review will be will be bad forever <laughs> uh, it up. Yeah. <laughs> at this point i just love butchering that uh that saying so like, look, Me a, too. A, Me a, too. A, a bad game would be pretty bad for a, a while <laughs> and it won't be able to be fixed even though there's updates exactly. these days <laughs> exactly <laughs> Uh, look, I, that was a sort of a really interesting the topic to go on because it, it was something I, I don't typically talk to people about. But, you know, um, with you actually having some, you know, foot in that race, being able to actually have some early content, it's interesting because I don't know how, I, yeah, I honestly don't know where I feel on it. But as far as a creator myself, um, I, I, I'm pretty happy just having it out day and date. But even like with you, you talked about your Halo Infinite review i'm like i quite enjoyed that you had early access to that and i got to hear your mm-hmm. thoughts on it so totally. I, don't know. I think i'm a bit of a hypocrite either way but whatever and that's what, like, <laughs> I, I just i think you can kind of take a sentence in there and create a hypocrisy somewhere along the lines but i just think that there are it's a it's a case-by-case basis i just i yeah. really do believe that so um yeah i don't i don't know that it can someone be a hypocrite if there's like, well, in this case, this is my reasoning. In this case, is like, I don't know. I, 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 I'm trying to be really, really well-rounded on it. I'm, yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I agree with the. Probably def- an asshole. <laughs> Probably makes me an asshole, I guess. I'm pissing off both sides of the fence. Yeah, there's someone someone listening to their phone just like, you're an asshole, Sean. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that right. tends to happen. Let's uh, start wrapping things up. Let's go back to Jordan's question. Apart- oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's, uh, <laughs> 40 minutes ago. <laughs> how? Um, where do you see your content going this year? Do you have oh, yeah. any, any sort of goals that you want to hit necessarily or some I, new shows, new whatever you want to introduce? Yeah, I'd love to get more day one reviews out there yeah, yeah. and uh, <laughs> yeah, tons of tons of sponsorship deals. <laughs> yeah, just whatever the sponsorship deal, just give it to Sean. It doesn't matter how yeah, unethical it is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I will I will trample over everybody else to get it. I'll push small children out of the way. Um, no, I feel like that's actually a kind of a timely question because I've kind of said everything that I'm not 
striving towards actually. Um, and where I, where I come back to is a couple things that I've been able to experience over the last couple of years is like, this is what I want to do more, which is more community meetups. So finding opportunities and hopefully the world opens up a little bit more and finding opportunities where we go like, where is everybody? Where specifically is everybody? But I think we can, like, like I think we can, we can have in real life hangouts, whether it's with additional content creators and having an opportunity to sit around an actual table and create things, I think would be cool, not only to experience, but I also think that um, it elevates the content in a way that excites the community and the audience. Uh, so I think that from from a content creation goal standpoint, that that resonates with me big time because it just checks off all those boxes. I want to do it. I think they want to do it. I think the audience would love to see like that's one of the coolest things that I think I discovered with Bobby was like when you put something out there that you go like, would you guys like this? And they get really riled up about it. It's like, that's awesome, man. Um, so I think that's one of the things that's probably the biggest thing is, is finding ways to be where other people are or where they could be and creating either content or just having some meetup opportunities with that. And I, I think that's like the most specific manifestation of the focus of community is like going to them and having people around each other. So I would love to do that, like gather at PAXs or in and around E3 or that time of year. Extra Life is a great example of this. So that's where like, that's where really like Patreon kind of comes in. Like that's like probably like a travel type of budget as well as so I can justify it to my family. Like, okay, bye. I'm going to, going to Toronto. Like I went to, um, fan expo last year and like, that's because I'm able to just kind of squirrel away some, some money here and there and go like, this isn't going to break our bank. Like it's gonna, it, it's for the content. And that seems to make sense to me because in the early days it was make us better, help us get better gear and all these things. And I, I don't know, that I need anything else. So this seems to be the logical next step is yeah. Meeting with people. I love, like we met up with uh, Andrew Watson and Ryan and, and a few others in, in Toronto. And then a bunch of people like met Brandon Myers for the first time uh, in, in New Jersey. I met up with uh, Babbitt once again, and Garrett Bland was last uh, in 2019. And a lot of this also comes out of like Bobby, man. Like I'm like, he's gone, but I got to meet him a couple times I got to like, I stayed at his house for days. I was in that room that everybody saw on a screen. Like that is the, that is the coolest thing. And at a certain point, this is all going to be over. It's going to be like what we look back on our high school days. Like, Oh, those are the days like that's going to be this in, in a few years. So what are you chasing? Are you chasing a free game that you could probably afford on your own and don't have time for all the games anyways, or are you chasing something else? And for me, it's something else. Absolutely beautifully said, Sean. I love that so much. I think anyone that is thinking about sort of making content, that is the mindset to have. That really is like, mm-hmm. you know, you can you can get games and make money a thousand different ways, but I think- You don't have it, enough time for all the free games. I'm telling you, man, yeah. you have enough time for the games you can afford. <laughs> that is that is the hard truth. You don't have, like if you somebody throws an extra game at you, you don't have, you don't have time for it. Yeah. The budget will, the budget, your time and money budget will align. Mm. And that's that's good enough, man. You don't need the, the other stress, I'm telling you. Yeah, because, you know, I've got a pretty liberal um, sort of budget with, with gaming. I'm like, yeah, you know, I'll buy what I want pretty right? much. And like, mm-hmm. I'm looking at Elden Ring, I'm like, Oh, look, that looks pretty good. I really want to play that. But yeah, man, I'm like, 
that's a long game in front of my TV. <laughs> it's like, I don't know mm-hmm. if I can even dream about fitting that game. And I'll play it for like five you know, hours. Triangle and be like, strategy coming up. Yeah, that's you can't right. Ignore triangle strategies because it's going to be game of the year, man. I'm telling yeah. you. You thought Elden Ring was good. Wait till triangle strategy can't even say what the shape is. <laughs> triangle strategy is going to be great. I, I will be picking that up. It's going to be very good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, 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 yeah, just like with my Switch alone, don't have much time. But um, yeah. you embrace, man. Like, that's the thing. Like, you have countless hours of you guys together. You're already friends. Like, that's that's the, the magic, dude. Like, that's the best. Everything else is gravy, yeah. not the goal. It's a it's a great excuse just for him to come over, and it hasn't worked much this year. Mm-hmm. He's only come over for one podcast, which is yeah. you know, he's had some stuff going on, and COVID had a bit of an outbreak down here, and with a pregnant wife, and that it, you know it, it came a little bit tricky, yeah. but yeah, no doubt. Yeah, yeah, no, I definitely love what you said there, and just with like your shows, I don't you know you don't need to change anything. I don't think just do, keep doing what you're doing, man. It's awesome. I think we all love what you're doing in your community. You know, just with your brand new podcast, even what Ryan's doing as well, the RPG cave, the PlayStation drive, you know, you've got great variety in hosts and topics and, you know, everything's changing in April, man. We're changing everything coming up. Everything's, are you actually turning it upside down? Are you actually, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we did something last year in April. So we might do something this year in April. It's exciting. Well, a bit of a tease for anyone that uh, is expecting something. something. Maybe something, something. Something something, something. Something to do with comics there or is that, has disappeared. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> uh, all right, Sean. Well, thank you so much for joining me here on the podcast. I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, you know, it's been a while since we we talked uh, in voice, I guess. I'm not going to say in person because you're still on my yeah. screen. But maybe one day I will be able to attend one of those meetups you're talking about because here in Australia, I, you know, I haven't gone to PAX in a couple of years and that was pretty much how I met up with a lot of my friends here and you know, that's been sort of died down, but maybe when mm-hmm. my kid's a bit older and COVID's not a thing and world war three has ended, maybe we can, maybe I can make my way over there to one of the PAXs or something one day. Who knows? Doesn't it ever feel weird? Like when you realize like you haven't met some of these people, like, but of course you haven't, but like there's, I don't know. You, you feel like you know them so well. Like, I feel like we've met, like, I feel like we're catching up after having met somewhere, <laughs> but obviously it's not like almost couldn't be further away from each other physically. Actually, it's like complete opposite. Do you need a physical uh, sort of <laughs> appearance to make it have like an official meetup? Cause like we've talked, oh, we've, like this. we've mm. talked with, you know, w- whatever before, but do I have to physically go up to you? hold your shoulder yeah. and just give you a big sniff. It's like, now we've met. Yes, please. <laughs> now we know each other. <laughs> it's like a dog where they just like go and like smell each other. It's like, yep, now we're friends. It's official. Yeah. Uh, probably not. It's funny that, you know, we've gotten so used to the world being just virtual now, but yeah, there's, there's, there's definitely other things that we could do, you know, and games bring us together one way or another, but yeah, yeah man, definitely. That, that's a good idea. Or maybe mm. I just have to actually join one of your um, Halo matches and shoot it. We shoot each other. And then that's I mean, the physical zone, relationship. Like, it's a, I get it. Like I, I've never, I'd never hold anybody, uh, hold a grudge against anybody who's not ever able to make it. Like you're in the future, man. Like it's tomorrow. Oh, it's crazy. Like, here, middle man. of the day for you. You just yeah. set the cars outside. They're just like floating. Yeah, okay. in. Oh boy. <laughs> no, Australia. We're, we're very backwards here. Um, we're probably behind by like five years <laughs> so <laughs> you guys give us you guys give us the heads up when the sun goes out okay yeah <laughs> just so you know it's gone so 
Well, so yeah, I'll, I'll, morning. I'll give you a reminder that it's up here, so it will be coming your way very, very soon. So it's a very, it's, so. it's nice and bright. It's fantastic. You'll really appreciate it's it tomorrow. It's cold as hell outside, man. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God that thing's still up there. Goodness gracious. Uh, all right. So everybody, I'm sure by the end of this episode, if you if you don't know Sean, you know him now, please go and check out his podcast. Maybe you want to just choose one. And you're like, yeah, I'm very into Xbox and Nintendo. He's got you covered there. He's got you covered as far as Ryan Turford and Matt go as well with the PlayStation Drive. If you want a podcast where he just talks to random people, maybe similar to this, maybe I take some inspiration from it. Go and listen to We The Gamer Cast. Absolutely fantastic show. And Sean, where can they follow you on the social media and that? Because, you know, we, we, all, we all need more social media, especially... especially non-toxic people you're not a toxic person mm, so non-toxic like like children's toys that's why that's my <laughs> brand of social media is non-toxic man no it's like paint uh it's like children's <laughs> paint and crayons <laughs> uh people can follow me on twitter uh if they like and on twitch as well i stream every once in a while on twitch twitch.tv slash sean capri uh sean capri on on twitter as well of course sean like connery capri like the pants very good. Very good. All right, guys. We'll catch you next time. And Sean, thank you very much, my friend. Thank you, man. This is the best. Yeah. And that's the end of this story. Thank you very much for sticking around to the end. And I hope you enjoyed my chat with Sean. He was an absolutely fantastic person, and I cannot wait for him to come back. Before we go, I'll just give you a bit of an update for the Gaming with Guru a fundraiser for the Autism Society of America in memory of Bobby Pauls, the Nintendo guru, a good friend of mine and certainly a lifelong friend of Sean Capri. It's currently up to $3,581. So if you'd like to get in on that, there is a link in the show notes to go and check it out and potentially donate to a great cause and remember a good man. Catch you later. Thanks for just letting me yammer on for a bit, man. It's nice. Well, <laughs> imagine if I invited you on and you're like, you start talking. Uh, uh, bup, 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 bup. Be quiet, Sean. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. A Drew story is lovingly crafted and recorded in the southeast of South Australia. The show is produced and hosted by me, Drew Agnew. If you enjoy my work here and on my other podcasts, The House of Mario, Encore at The House of Mario, and Crackin' Furfies, help spread the word by sharing us with a mate or leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If you'd like to show further support and help me achieve my goal of freeing up one working day a week to spend more time refining and creating podcasts, please consider checking out patreon.com slash where for only $1, you get access to my secret recordings where I share everything behind the scenes. A big thank you to the legend DJ for supporting the content at the podcast producer level on Patreon. From the bottom of my heart, thank you.